Episode 23, Twisted Reflections, Part 2. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Betrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Erthrandir. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. And welcome back, everyone, to Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten. So thank you all for sticking around, and let's dive right back in. So, as Kiva and Lillison continue the discussion at the shores of the Blessed Pool, I believe that uh, certain other members of the party uh, were going on a cow hunt and had recently located some cows. That we were. Uh, Amity, you complete the words of your ritual spell, uh, and you feel the magic take hold. All right, uh, so Amity asks the cow. All right, so, um, a little bit of a weird question, but have you noticed anything weird about your, your milk recently? So you're approaching the cows? All right, you make your way over. Um, you see one of the cows chewing its cud. It looks up at you. What? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I mean, so earlier, someone, one of my friends milked you. Right? Or someone here. The master milked me. The master milk you. Not not like a girl about yay high in um in the year describes whatever clothing Lillison's wearing. No. She just kinda stood around for a bit. I see. Um Amity sort of turns back to her companions relaying all this. Do you know if if when people have, have, I guess, milked, do you know if there was any milk that had, like, gone sort of bad? The cow blinks. Milk go bad? It's good milk. Amity looks at her companions uh, after relaying this sort of just, like, shrug. All right, so not some to do with them. Thanks, Amity. I assume Amity was mooing this entire time at us. And yeah. oh, absolutely, fantastic. Well, if I mean, 
maybe this uh, this particular bovine isn't the smartest in the in the whole lot. Uh, but yeah, I mean if I mean if they're saying a master milked, if she's saying a master milked her, then I guess that means I don't know. I don't know what that means. I guess it's kind of a question of if it's not something to do with us, do we really care? Well, I mean, it could. You know, I mean... You know, what I do you know. mean it could? Like, Well, listen, okay, uh, so, fine. You want to know? You want to know. I'll tell you. Uh, I don't... I don't really trust uh, Miss Lillison. I don't think she's as uh, living as uh, everyone else maybe suspects. Living? The hell are you talking about? So... God damn it. Oh. So, Amity's not the only one who gets dreams, right? No. Nope. just haven't talked about them. But I have been having dreams, I guess you could say. Uh, and in those dreams, I'm being told that something happened to Lillison. And, uh, you know, she may be a little bit closer to Strahd's and the like than, uh, than she's letting on. Hey, uh... Erthrandir looks kind of taken aback. Wait, you've been having dreams like hers? Like, you know, the prophetic stories and all that? No, no, no not like hers. Just uh, different. But anyway. Uh, different how? Just different. But anyway, like I was saying, so in these dreams, I'm being told that Lillicin is, something happened to her and that she's maybe, uh, she may be, I don't know, maybe cheated death or is death. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Please back up. If these are, if you, if if you're not getting the sense that like these are prophetic in the same way Amity's are, then why are you trusting them at all? Because uh, if it is prophetic, then then we need to know. Then I need to know. Okay. So the the dream then has been telling you that she's wrong. She's undead or something. Something like that. Uh, okay. Has she been breathing? Eaten? Uh, checked her pulse? I mean, she doesn't like to be touched, so no, I haven't done that. And as far as I've seen, I haven't really seen her eat a drink recently. I have. Well, good for you. I haven't. Great. So- and, it, and we know that Strahd likes to drink, and uh, he kind of gestures over at uh, Randy's neck. Thanks for the reminder, really, Sterling. So, uh, your evidence is she doesn't like to be touched, and some dreams told you that it might be true. And she's cold. Wow. Just a, really a Sterling body of work you put together. Oh, you know what? Fuck off, mate. You know, just, oh, I'm not so scientific. You know what? You're not having dreams, are you? Oh, wait, you can't. Oh, okay, let's um, not get a little too heated about this. Uh, no, no, no. You're calling me. You're calling me into question. You're calling my integrity into question. A little oh, bit, yeah, because well, you're you know, tell, you're t- you keep you won't tell me what these dreams are. I just told you they're telling me things. They're saying, How? That's they're just telling me things. That someone oh. is telling me things. Okay, who? I don't know. Like, there's just, like, a voice that comes out and says it, right? Yeah. Or, like, a much. sign. Yeah. 
Okay. Erythrodeer looks a bit embarrassed. Okay, I'm sorry. I know this has probably been on your mind for a while. I just... I, I don't... Okay, I'll, I'll be generous. If she is. What changes, precisely? What do you mean? Like, we've been all asleep, incapacitated, or otherwise messed up in her presence, right? She's had ample opportunity to kill us, drink from us, turn us into undead, or put together her spooky mind control magic. I, and she hasn't. Ever. In fact, she's been putting a concerted effort to keeping our dumb asses alive. So, if she turns out to be undead, then... Not to sound like a broken record, but do we care? Maybe, maybe not, but I still need to know. I need to know. No, I'm with you there. I... I think that's fair. And we're not getting a straight answer out of her. She is... I, I don't think I'd trust her to tell me what she had for breakfast that morning. So, not a lot of great tests to figure out undead. You know, I've seen her eat. We can try and test if she breathes with a mirror under the nostrils or something. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know. That's not the kind of magic I mess with. I'm not a cleric or something. Did AMD, Metreon, do y'all have any other ideas? No, I'm just trying to figure out why. Why what? She wasn't undead before. I mean, she was eating. That, that night we were we was together in the, in, at the campfire. She was eating with us. You know, she was warming herself and, you know. It... <sighs> okay. Uh, why, why, why? Why? Is that what happens here? I mean, you know, her souls get trapped and some people just happen to come back and live the, the rest of their miserable fucking lives here being miserable. I, I don't know. Is that, what, is that what's going to happen when I die? When I'm just going to be stuck here wandering about being cold? No, because we're not letting you fucking die. I don't know, man. I... Uh... She ain't gonna be forthright with us unless. Nah. Uh, and I'm against Amity's sort of spells on principle. Yeah. No, offen no offense. Yeah, Amity's sort of spells. I meant the zone thing. All right, let's let's crack on then. Let's get back. Yeah, yeah. Let's go home. Home, Christ. All right. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Metron will step away and kind of let the two of them walk ahead of him. Uh, he does want to kind of observe them as we're walking together, seeing how they are interacting. Okay. Is there anything notable to observe? Mm, I think Barathandir's probably just chatting quietly to Amity. I don't think he, you know, just staying close by her. I don't think there's anything more like meaningful than that yeah okay 
It doesn't take long before you arrive once more at the uh, Baron's cottage. Uh, entering inside, you see uh, Ismark and Irina just uh, doing their best to relax uh, within in the fire-warmed uh, living space. Uh, they both uh, nod and greeting to you as you enter. Um, a few moments later, uh, entering from the uh, small chamber to the side, you see uh, Baron Kreskov. Ah, you're mostly back then. Yeah, I don't, bit... don't know yes. where the other girls have gotten off to. Hmm. Well, if they're gone, it's still uh, getting a bit late nonetheless. Uh, give me a hand with uh, putting supper together. Oh, gladly. I haven't had the chance to cook in ages. Excellent. Uh, give me a few minutes and we'll uh, start rustling something up. Mm. And you watch as he starts uh, putting together, um, getting out a, a pot that he hangs over the uh, hearth, uh, getting at a number of root vegetables and uh, uh, chopping knife, uh, as well as a few bits of what look like uh, dried pork and uh, begins working with um, the rest of you to uh, begin making uh, a meal. Uh, actually going outside and uh, fetching some fresh fallen snow to melt for use as water um, before uh, putting together uh, what seems to be the beginnings of a uh, lovely bubbling stew that begins to smell delicious over the hearth and fire. Yeah, at some point while Randy and uh, Amity are, are helping prep, uh, Metreon's just going to go ahead and go to the kind of bedroom area, I guess, where we've all kind of situated. Uh, are Is anyone else back or... Uh, by this point, um, it's just the group of you, or the three of you, plus Ismark and Irina. Uh, there's no sign of the Baroness. Um, uh, although, after around halfway through the preparations, preparations of the stew, um, you hear, I believe Lillison and Kiva were on their way back, yes? Yes, slowly, yes. Gotcha. Um, so around halfway through the preparations for the stew, you do hear the door open, um, Lillison and Kiva stepping inside, uh, kind of stamping some of the snow off their boots and moving into the uh, warmer space of the cottage. Baron Kraskov, sir, um, could I have a moment? Of course. Um, he nods to uh, Amity. Keep an eye on uh, the stew, won't you? Give it a stir. And Amity he, nods. Uh, wipes his hands off uh, and moves to join Lillison. Just, um, something that I'm terribly embarrassed about. Um, when I went to fetch the milk that your wife asked for, uh, by the time it got back here, um, it was, it had gotten spoiled. Um, when I went to fetch a second pail, uh, the man very understandably, uh, said that if I was going to take a second share, uh, you would owe him a favor, but unfortunately the second pill uh, also went off, so I am perfectly happy to um, take on the burden of that favor for whatever it is that he might need, given that uh, we don't have any milk here, after all. She looks extremely <laughs> flustered, like, the entire time that she's saying this. Um, is she actually flustered? She is actually flustered. Okay. Uh, the Baron gives you a long, lingering look. Um, kind of the exact same vibes as uh, a teacher would respond when the student says, the dog ate my homework. Um, just kind of a slightly confused, um, 
a little bit unsure. Um, but then seeing the look in your eyes and uh, the expression on your face, his expression softens somewhat, and he grunts, Well, damn. I haven't heard uh, that uh, Tural's milk to ever go bad, but I hope something's not wrong with his cows. Uh, not to worry. I'll take care of it. He's a good man, I'm sure. Um, whatever I can do to help won't be too much. Thank you for uh, making an effort, though. Willison nods very rapidly, looking pretty relieved. He coughs. Well, I'd uh, best get back unless there was anything else. No, um, other than I know that your wife said that there wasn't any darning or mending to do just at the moment, but um, if there does end up being some, I can make myself useful that way. He nods. I'll let you know if anything comes up. Should be good for the moment, though. Thank you. Thank you, again, for your hospitality. Mm -hmm. He just grunts and uh, returns back to the stew on the hearth. Lillison is going to uh, brush some of the snow off of her hair and then move to her bedroll near the fire. Uh, while the two, or the two of them were cooking, while Kreskov was away for a moment, Amity, or Erthendir looks over at Amity from where he's been stirring the stew and says in a quiet voice, uh, hey, little question for you. What? Uh, earlier when Kiva was either was teasing us about bed divvying and all that is a how do you want to handle that <laughs> well I guess I guess I've I've nothing against um trying sleeping in the same bed I mean you know nothing nothing more than that yeah um, no I'm, I'm not Amity I'm not like when I am gonna ask, it, when when we get there, you'll know. I'm not gonna be all wink, wink. Oh no! What all right, could this be? Good. Are you? Um, is that? Yeah. But yeah, you seem kind of uncomfortable with the prospect. Well, it was more that I mean, sometimes I have a hard time getting to sleep, and I feel like someone like right next to me, you know, um, breathing slash rolling around. Though I guess you'll be trancing, so it's. Yeah. No, if that no seriously, if you can't sleep when I'm in the bed, then I won't be there. It's fine. All right. Well, um, I guess let's try it, and then if I can't sleep, then I'll like roll out a bed roll. Yeah, no, I'll roll out a bed roll. You have to sleep. I have to power nap. All right. Sounds good. Good plan. Thanks. I uh, just it's nice. Uh, it's like what you said about being straightforward with these things. It's pleasant. I'm not used to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a lot better this way than to try to, like, um, as you said, be all, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. By the way, your stew's burning. Oh, God. Emily stirs it rapidly, uh, getting some charred vegetables off the bottom. <laughs> as you do, um, Baron Kreskov makes his way back over so if you didn't, if you happen to hear, uh, did Anna say when she would be uh, coming back? Just a few hours, I think. Hmm. Did you say who uh, she was going with? Uh, nah. 
He shrugs. Hmm. Well, I'm sure she'll be back soon. Hopefully she's uh, back before dinner goes cold. How's that stew looking? Pretty good, all things considered. We had a scare for a moment, but I think Amity has got it again. Ah, uh, well. Should be ready pretty soon. I'll uh, start getting out some bowls and then we can settle down for supper. Cheers. Thank you. Mm -hmm. He does so busying himself um, around the kitchen, uh, getting out a few uh, utensils and bowls. Um, he, a few of them smaller than the other ones, uh, setting them out uh, on the table and just around places where people can access them. Um, and as he begins uh, ladling the stew into the bowls, uh, the uh, door opens uh, and you see a uh, a uh, blustery uh, wind sweep a few flakes of snow onto the ground uh, before Anna steps in, uh, shivering slightly uh, and removing her cloak and uh, setting it on the hook. Well, it seems that uh, dear Demira shall be fine. Kretiana did her work as always. Uh, the Baron glances over her shoulder. Oh, so Yoletsky was uh, finally due. All went well? Anna nods. Indeed. That smell is wonderful. Shall we be eating soon? And the Baron grunts, and Anna smiles and uh, takes a seat um, by the table. Before long, uh, there are um, bowls uh, filled with uh, fresh steaming hot stew um, upon the table for anyone who wishes to take them. Uh, it smells uh, homely, a humble meal, but uh, delicious nonetheless. Metran will begrudgingly get up off the floor in the bedroom and uh, go grab a bowl. Um, but when he comes out, uh, does he see Kiva and Lillison as well as the others? By now, I would say everyone is uh, still in this main area. Um, I mean, the, the bed where you were sitting on would be in the same space. So okay. uh, unless uh, Lillison and Kiva say otherwise, then yes, I imagine they would be here as well. Yeah, Lillison's here, uh, close to the fire. Yeah, Kiva got her stew as well and is set up where she put her backpack down and stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Metrion will take it and sort of uh, position himself against one of the walls that is facing... Uh, keeping his eye on Lillison, <laughs> uh, but kind of uh, also keeping himself in a place where he's, he's uh, he can see both doors or any kind of exits. Yeah, now Arthur will slip in as well. And Oh, good to see all y'all. Uh, Lillison, where'd y'all end up going? We um, went to see that pool that we were told about. It's very beautiful. Oh, oh man. If I, if it weren't however many degrees it is i'd go myself i still want to swim in a way that doesn't involve a drowning child it's it's I, not really a swimming pool it's uh like a almost just like a, a a well sort of but uh it's it's very nice oh wonderful i'm glad the baron to glances that. up you uh took a walk over to the shrine of the white sun is that what it's called i uh, our folks built it a long, long time ago. The uh, structure near it certainly looks um, very old indeed. Do you know how long ago? Um, the, I mean, the detailing on the statue, it's, it's certainly a sight to behold. Gods, I couldn't tell you. I think it had something to do with the Morning Lord, but it's been... 
Centuries, I'll bet. Not much well, left of uh, whatever stories our ancestors had to tell. Lillison glances over towards Erthrandir, like almost by instinct whenever anybody mentions something that old. <laughs> Erthrandir kind of like was chatting a bit, was chatting a bit with Irina, but he immediately perks up. Oh, oh, so it's it's held up that well then, or have y'all restored it? Well, haven't really had much call to. It, you know, the pool provides fresh water when we need it. Statue's a strange old figure, but some of the folk think it might be lucky or meaningful in some way. Oh, no, but, no, I'm very happy y'all did. Uh, but that's, that's wonderful. But you said no idea who or what could have made it. Well, near I can tell uh, our ancestors did it centuries ago, but... For now, whatever purpose they might have had for it in the morning, Lord, he ain't telling. Shame. Well, regardless, glad you got it. Works well enough to keep the water coming. <laughs> it, uh, maybe someday someone will fix it up, but there's too much else to do. Yeah, I figured community like this, you gotta, there's not, you gotta do what you can when you can. All right. Well, what we can is what we can do, and glad that we could provide a little bit of hospitality to folks who didn't have uh, necessarily a place to go. You uh, said you hadn't found what you were looking for at the Abbey. Sorry to hear that, though can't say I'm oversurprised. My place, uh, history ain't great. We, we gathered the stories, uh... Not ideal. Did you ever... Did this Markovia that it's named after, did you ever hear anything about her? No, a little. She was a priest of the Morning Lord, some say. Took a stand against the devil. Hell of a slight that must have been. Guts on that woman must have been something fierce. Yeah, it sounds like it. Hmm. That was the fiercest uprising this land's ever seen. Her and her followers, they marched all the way to the castle. Destroyed two one. Ah, yeah. Uh, that is a theme that keeps coming up. But thank you. Erthrandir's <laughs> kind of apparently turning something over in his brain. But that is all he has to say. It's a lesson you gotta learn. Sometimes you can't you can reach a little too far. Important things to look to the folks you got and take care of them away as you can. Understand? He looks up a bit, taken aback. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Thank you. Hmm. He uh, turns back to uh, his stew. Uh, Metrion at this point, uh, since he was the first to get his stew and uh, was very hungry, has finished the stew and kind of sets the bowl on the floor. Uh, I'm going to get some air. Uh, Kiva, you want to get some air too, right? That would be lovely. Uh, she'll put down her empty stew bowl as well, um, and it will go with Metrium. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, kind of head out to where we know there's a little bit of, uh, outdoor privacy. Um, but once we're out there, he'll kind of, uh, make sure that no one's, no one's listening or watching. Right, so, uh, you was with Lillison then? Yeah, um, I didn't really 
get anything concrete. I mean, she wouldn't tell me. She said the way she is wasn't... The house didn't change what she already was before. Which, I mean, I know she was a warmer before. Um, I pointed that out, that she held my hands in, in Death House before the... Death House? Kima doesn't know what's called that. Um, in, in the Durst Manor. <laughs> to be fair, Metro and didn't call it Death House. <laughs> yeah, we've all called it Death House at some point. Um, Kiva corrects herself and says, I don't know where that came from. Um, no, she's in really the Durst scary. Manor. Um, and, and then after, obviously, I mean, I thought she died. We were both running and she was behind me. Um, and then all of a sudden she wasn't. But she was there when I woke up. And, uh, and I asked her about it, and she said that she's always been a murderer before this and after this, and that being around her poisons people or, or makes them sick. Not right away, but it takes some time. Um, it didn't really explain the way she is, but she told me she curdled milk. That she was getting milk for the, for the Bergamaster's wife, and as she was walking from there, it was fresh, and then by the time she got to the house, it was rotten. I told her she just must be unlucky, but she thinks it has something to do with her poisoning or, or the sickness that she has. Yeah, I mean, Curdle's a, a bit of an understatement. It was rotted. It was. It, it looked like it'd been out for at least a, a couple of weeks. It was maggots and flies. It was. It was bad. Well, um, that's disgusting, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. Look, I, I mean, I even asked her, I was like, are you a vampire or, or, you know, why, if you are, why haven't you, you know, eaten us all yet? Or, or if you're really this murderer, you haven't killed any of us. And I mean, I've touched her a handful of times and I don't feel sick or, I mean, anything. So, um, I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like it just gave me more questions than any sort of answers or comfort. As Kiva talks, uh, Metriana is sort of looking her over, and at some point, uh, she, when when uh, uh, Kiva is speaking, uh, Metrion notices her hand. Hey, hey, what, what happened? Oh, this uh, gardening accident. There was a bunch of roses in there. Um, you cut up my hands. <laughs> Yeah, thorns. Uh, thorns can be a pain in the ass, right? Yeah, they're a right bitch, but um, the garden looks much better now, so uh, I'm hoping that uh, Miss Kreskov uh, thinks I did a nice job. Can I, can I see if she's holding back anything for me, DM? <laughs> if she is, uh, she's welcome to permit it. Yeah, she's she absolutely holding something back. <laughs> yeah, you can try to uh, see what it is. Uh, that's a 13 on insight. So do I have to roll a deception now? Is that If you are deceiving, uh, you may roll a deception. Oh, that's a nine. Um, All right. Uh, what does Metreon notice about you? Um, looking at the cuts, if you're at all familiar with gardening, there's no way that those are from thorns. Um you know that yeah i guess that would be the, the lie yeah uh 
noticing that they look maybe more like scratch marks as opposed to like the way that thorn yeah i mean there's the like deep gashes on her on her hands yeah yeah he'll kind of uh as you're as you're continuing to speak uh kind of take the hand uh kind of gently look over it look i told you it's nothing <laughs> I mean, if you say it's nothing, it's nothing, but I don't think it's nothing. Uh. Maybe another time I'll, um. We can talk about it, but, um. We're here to talk about Lillison. Uh, well, listen, it's getting cold anyway. We should just get back inside, yeah? Get to, get to the fire. Yeah. Um. She keeps his hand, though as they walk back inside. Kind of like gives her a bit of this sort of like a kind of tightens his lips and gives her a bit of a pathetic look like, oh, you poor thing. Uh, but then like kind of ushers her into back into the house by hand. By this point, the gray sky over Kresk has gone dark as night falls over the village. As you begin making your way back into the uh, cottage, you hear the faint fluttering of wings. And as you glance back over your shoulder at one of the pines across the road, you see a bat hanging there, a small black furry form, those little eyes glinting faintly in the night. Metron stops and immediately grabs uh, Kiva's hand and squeezes it looking up at the bat. Kiva um, looks up at the bat and then steals herself and raises a hand and flips it off. <laughs> Let's not test him, all right? Let's just get inside. Kiva gives it uh, one more look and then goes inside. The door shuts behind you, the wood thudding and returning to the interior of the cottage as you leave the darkness of the oncoming night behind. The warm crackling of the fire is a welcome reprieve from the chill of the outdoors, and you find yourselves uh, situated comfortably, albeit uh, a bit crowdedly, with the other denizens of the cottage at this point, who have by now have largely finished their evening meal. As they do, um, Anna Kreskova turns to the uh, group of you. So, um, did you mention how long you expected to stay? We are planning on heading out uh, in the morning. We have uh, something to pick up, and uh, we'll be hitting the road then, I believe. Yes? And he looks to the others. Absolutely. Very good. Well, I should wish you the best in uh, your journeys then. Hopefully, Kresik has proved a uh, pleasant stop. And she offers mm. you a curt smile. More than. Thank you. It's been lovely to have some your hospitality. It uh, means a lot. Well, one does what one can. True. Godless. Even hmm? so. Uh, just, hmm. I've not had a lot of warm fires and pleasant company in recent years, so any nights of such I get are welcome. Well, 
that's what we do to provide in Kresk. Um, my husband does what he can to ensure that what lies behind our walls remains safe, so that no uh, untoward elements uh, pass through the gates. So, what you see here is what we have worked for years to cultivate. So I'm very glad to hear that it um, arrives well. We will do our best not to disrupt that more than necessary. And again, we are so very grateful for your hospitality and will not impose on you longer than we must. She regards you with faint interest for a moment and then nods. Very good. Regardless, um, I suppose I must uh, clean up, but um, I do hope you have a good evening. And uh, she begins uh, clearing away some of the dishware. Thank you, milady. Mm -hmm. um, before long, she and the Baron uh, move into the uh, side room uh, toward the front northern end of the cottage, uh, leaving you alone in the central chamber. Yeah, so I'd say for the first little bit, Metreon is sort of keeping to himself, uh, just watching people, watching his co comrades, uh, taking very kind of s small sips of his wine from his wine sack. Um, but yeah, just sort of spending the time watching, uh, most intently watching uh, Lillison as well as Amity and Erythendir, now occasionally kind of looking over Kiva to see if she's kind of changing uh, dispositions at all, but uh, especially with uh, Lillison and the two of them. Lillison is uh, going to stay near the fire. Uh, she's brought out her knitting and is just working on a sock uh, every so often, looking up at everybody else, um, but mostly you know, with a thoughtful, intent expression, um, turning a heel. Erthrandir's kind of dozing in the firelight and good food. His head just kind of slumped on Amity's shoulder. Kiva's just um, drawing away in her sketchbook um, for now and, and writing as well, but she's sort of focused on that. Hi. You too. Amity. Oh, you remember when we first got together? Hmm? We had stew, and uh, we was by a fire. <laughs> right. Are there any berries here? I think I kept some in my pack. It's gonna, you know, bring them to somebody I knew, and get him to see if we were being poisoned or something. Yeah, it's a... feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I know it's only been a, uh, you know, as short as it's been, but... I feel like I... I mean, I know we've all feel, felt like we're trapped here, but even time itself feels like Sludge, you know, just yeah, yeah. It's like it's like there's like everything's happening at once. 
we've just kind of had a lot of empty and then suddenly it's just this weird microcosm where most most of my life's most significant events have either happened or made themselves apparent again in like a week Mitrion looks up from the floor and looking at Amity and and Erthrandir and seeing them kind of cozied up next to each other looks back down at the floor again and takes a moment to himself to think before speaking again hey oh you remember stories right how we how we told stories yeah yeah uh you told Amity told the bullfrog, I told Old Man Taylor's eyes, and you told the one about the the healing water, right? And the creature growing up inside the stomach. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun one, right? <laughs> I liked it. Very appropriate. Why'd you bring it up? Oh, I've been telling stories all my life and and when he looks up at you there's this like mix of anger and frustration when he looks at you like just looks at you straight in your eyes earth and dear he kind of the sleepiness kind of vanishes he takes this in but his words are kind of measured have you now I don't. I don't have nothing out outside of outside of this place, outside of Barovia. Oh, I have no kids to lose, no parents to see, no nothing except my freedom, and that's the only thing that's kind of kept me comfort since I've had it, and being here even only the ten day without it. It's felt suffocating. And I'm starting to realize that you're all I have right now. And it's scary. Earthenier blanks, just kind of absorbing this. Oh. He chuckles. Yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, that's fucking terrifying, isn't it? That uh that you're at the point that when you get to the point where what you're hanging on to is a group of almost strangers. It's uh, I I know you may not believe me. I think I've always gotten the sense you think I've had everything handed to me or something. I don't really know. I don't no, care. No, it's not right that. Now. It's not that. Then, then what is it? Well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you another uh, another story. 
Um, By all means. I told Kiva this already, and it's taken a lot for me to say it now. My name ain't Metreon. I, uh, I was called Punch back outside, back outside of here. Oh. Oh. So, uh, is Metreon an alias, or is it your, the name you want to be now? So, <laughs> it was, uh, a means to an end. I, uh, it was uh, someone who I was familiar with uh, professionally, and uh, when I had the opportunity to do it, I took his name and his things and his money and ran. But before that, I... Uh, you know, I look at Amity and I see her, and she talks about her mum... And I never had that. I suppose saying I'm sorry would be kind of the one of the dumber things I'd done. My, uh, I don't remember my birth parents. I just know that they was uh, that they was both human. And uh, when I was born, you know, came out bright pink. Or a long skinny tail and you know big yellow eyes and they uh they were scared they hated it they uh sold me to uh to a man he was uh his name was macho it was a ironic name given his uh his particular disposition uh but uh, he had uh, he had your accent. Arthur eyes are just wide. Oh, was he like me? Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at look like each other too. He had blonde hair though, long blonde hair, and uh, he he ran a crew. Uh, kind of a, a jerk of all trades if you will um and when he purchased me uh it was uh it was called punch because it was apparently what my mother wanted to do to my father once she saw me that's oh, fucking sick fuck them yeah i think amity got in one uh, God, that's, I mean, <laughs> again, kind of not much I can say, but I'm so sorry. That's, and I'm sorry that you have to be reminded of me, of him every time I talk. I know if I had to be reminded of a, uh, I, I'd probably be. It's not just that, um. So when uh, you know when I was with him and his his partner, uh, this uh, half orc fellow named uh, Bucus, uh, believe it or not, he was the more gentle of the two of them. Uh, 
Macho was cruel though, and and he always used to tell me that you know I don't need I don't need to know my birthday, I don't need to know how old I am because it's just not going to matter, you know. Uh, uh, people like me, you know, people humans, uh, you know, uh, they don't need to know how old they're going to be because it's it, it's irrelevant to them. And for for an eye elf, you know, uh, they don't need to count the days because you know time will just bleed together anyway and so that's why I don't know how old I am and when I was with them first uh, first kind of scams we was running first kind of games uh, was uh, traveling sideshow sort of thing uh, kind of uh, sell us out to carnivals you know um, Bucus would be like the strong man and I would be the, the organ grinder monkey, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I'd have to, you know, pick some pockets on the side. And uh, if I didn't do it right, obviously, you know, uh, uh, Macho wasn't happy. Uh, but he wouldn't lift a finger to me. He'd just have Bucus do it. And uh, eventually, you know, we traveled. And, you know, it's one thing, you know, you go to a small town, you see Punch the Dancing Devil and, you know, he's his little pink thing with your know, white hair dancing around, being entertaining and all that. You know, but you go to a bigger city and like Neverwinter or, you know, uh, Waterdeep and, you know, the Tieflings a dime a dozen, you know. So you got to step things up. And, uh, and at this point, um, Metran looks down at Truffle. It wasn't just enough to be a performer. It was, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a sideshow or carnival or anything like that. Once. Never. Metron looks over at Lilith and Kiva. Uh, Kiva just, um, just scoots a little closer to you and uh, and puts her head on her shoulder. You see that he looks extremely guilty right now. Has Metreon actually been saying this, uh, you know, intending for all of us to hear it? Yeah, I mean, I figured we were all kind of in the same room. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, Lilison glances up, um, pretends like she wasn't listening the whole time. Well, uh, in the circus, uh, there's a, there's a pre-show entertainment sometimes. Uh, you have someone called a geek. And I was, uh, in these bigger cities, I was told to be the geek. And so, uh, when, when we was at that house... It made it made perfect sense to get rid of him for, for for Kiva, you know. But but when you said let's just kill the pig, I it brought back so much, and it was just a reminder of something that of the kind of cruelty that I've seen from people like you, the disregard for people who aren't you. And I know that that's not you, that, 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 that you aren't that person, 
at least as far as I know, and kind of like jingles his bag and, and starts to kind of pull out the Batmobile that he's been keeping uh, inside of it. I know that it's not you, but can't help it. Erythrindir's eyes are just fixed on the mobile, just dangling in the darkness. You kept it. I mean, what's it going to do? Throw it away? Honestly, yeah. Uh, I, uh, he kind of wipes away a tear. God, I, I mean, I'm trying my damnedest not to be that person. It's, uh, it's hard sometimes. Sometimes it's just, it's tempting to just, he shakes himself. But I, if I ever make you feel like that, tell me. Or slap me. I don't know. I don't care. But I just. Um, I just. It's fine. I know it's me. And I know it's. I know it's just me. That's all. Yeah. And it's just me that the reason I flinch at bad smells or fires that are a little too big. And that the reason why I can't look at like a fancy ball without wanting to puke. But. That doesn't mean I don't expect help from it. But yeah, I'm... I'm sorry. That's... That's a lot. That's more than anybody should have to live with. And I'm, I'm glad you're away from it. I'm glad you've got your freedom, even if we don't have it right now. Because... Because, yeah, fuck them. Fuck anybody who treats you like that they don't get to do that and with the pace that we're getting stronger and more capable then if we get them out of here then then nobody's going to be able to do that to you ever again i need some more air and uh metrion gets up and and goes back uh just unconsciously uh back to the kind of uh, outside area that he was at before, even uh, kind of forgetting that he had seen a bat there a couple hours earlier. Could uh, could Kiva follow him? Would he allow that or no? I mean, he's not. Uh, any, anyone, anyone could follow him. Yeah. He's not really paying attention. Deer would. Yeah, she'll just go outside and stand with him. She's not going to say anything. You're a, you're a good person, you know that? Fuck off. <laughs> hey, look, if, if if look, if we get to insult each other on the regular, then I get to tell you one nice thing. You are. And I I know I I have a hard time showing it sometime, but I do appreciate you telling me all this. The fact that you trust me means a lot. I don't, uh... I don't trust... Let's do one thing clear. I'm trusting you. (laughs) Fair enough. Kiva does actually look a little, like, momentarily offended by that. Um, but goes back to more neutral. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, we, we're in this together for now. Even if uh, Lillison might be a zombie. Maybe. But... If you care about her, if you really care about her, you remember that she isn't like you and that you have to take special considerations for her. For Lil? For Amity, you fool. Uh, you change subject in the middle of that sentence. Well, so. you know, my head's not all straight right now, all right? Fair, and I I do. Berthrand, you're kind of rubs at his eyes i look i'm already half i already half wish i hadn't told her what i felt because i'm worried about i don't i don't want to lead her on for either because we think we're all gonna die or because she's beautiful and lovely and just bright but yeah no i believe me i I have no intention of treating her like some disposable. It's not that simple. And I I wouldn't do that to someone else. Well, good, because if you did, I'd castrate you. <sighs> what is with you two and threatening to murder me if I do things to... I, you know what? Fair. Is it death is a is a pretty good motivator, I feel like. I mean it's it's what motivated us to giving, you know, stick it out with each other. Point taken. But yeah, no, believe me, I'm I care about her a lot, and I've never been with a mortal or a girl, but I'm I'm trying. I'm I'm really fucking trying. Well, I'm, I'm full up on air now, so get back inside, warm up. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And uh, Metron will turn away and start to go back into the, the house. Catherine, you will kind of exchange a quiet look with Kiva. I... I... I is it some about this place that just attracts souls who don't think that anybody else could ever be like care for what they become? Because uh, we seem to have ended up with five of those. Ah, uh, maybe it's just luck of the draw. Maybe. Um. Could Erythrindir see your hands? Um, I think. I mean, she's not. I, it's 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 it entirely up to you. Yeah, I, she's yeah. she's not hiding it per se, but you know. Okay. Yeah, so it's not like she's like trying to keep them covered up or anything. Yeah, he kind of glances down. Oh, um, oh, do you want me to get that for you? Oh no, uh, just some gardening stuff. I, I'm sure it'll be gone by morning. I know, but it's sparing you a little bit of pain and that's worth a bit of concentration and a spell no you should save him for other things like what who knows we may run into more horrible creatures on the road tomorrow and i will be rested and i will feel better if my traveling companion didn't have to go to bed with rose 
Look, I, you're, it's one, it's one spell. You are welcome to, you can, you can tell me to fuck off for another reason if there is one, but you are worth one spell. Uh, uh, thank you very much, sir. Um, I'll, I'll take you up on it later, maybe, but, uh, I'm okay for now. All right. Yeah, he'll head back inside. Yeah, Kiva's just going to stand outside for a little bit longer, but she's not going to do anything. Okay. Um, with that, um, returning to the cottage one at a time uh, as the night grows darker, uh, is there anything more you would like to do this evening before turning in for your night's rest? No? No. No, not no, for I think me. we're good. Okay. Maybe that get spooned you... by Ismark, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, no. Speaking of Ismark, yeah. as he... So first off, who is uh, taking the beds? Presumably Earthendir and Amity are taking one of them with a possible third person if there's room. Uh, the beds are not enormous. They're pretty humbly sized. Like even Amity and Earthendir will have to kind of squeeze. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be a problem. Uh, <laughs> Kiva's going to sleep on the floor, so yeah, she's Metron's, not yeah. Metron's kind of finding a corner, a, a corner to sit in, or maybe like a chair to sit in to like just pass out in upright. Yeah, Lilith's on the floor. Uh, in that case, Ismark, uh, uh, at Ismark's uh, request, Irina, looking somewhat uncomfortable doing so, um, will uh, take the remaining bed. Um, the way she does, uh, she moves to make the blankets for a moment and then pauses, frowning, and glances underneath it. Uh, dear, from this perspective, you can see something poking out from the underside of the bed. Uh, it looks like a small bit of burlap. Erthrendir kind of pulls away and sort of, like, leans down to see what it is. Um, you pull it out, um, uh, or as you watch as Irina does so, uh, she kind of just kind of peers in, uh, looking curious. And then um, her mouth forms an O, and she um, closes it and uh, kind of takes a step back. Irina? She doesn't look scared, but she looks at you with uh, something of a sad look in her eyes um I was it I'm not sure it it looks like a doll or something a few bits of clothes as well I'm not, I'm not sure who they belong to wait what Earthendir kind of peers inside you peer inside and you see um what seems to be um a kind of thatch made doll with button eyes very you know shabbily but lovingly made um uh you see beside it it would seem to be a few uh bits of clothes tunics and pants um as well as a small pair of shoes that seems to be smaller than an adult's but larger than a child's uh oh oh what is it? He looks at Matreon and lowers his voice. It's a doll and some 
kid-sized shoes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wait. Oh. It's not... Wait. It's not of her. Okay. Good. That, uh... I did wonder why they'd have two guests. Bet. God damn it. Yeah. It's a heavy day. <sighs> yeah. He kind of looks at Irina. I... Well, uh... Maybe you should just put these under the bed. We don't know for certain. Maybe they grew up and moved out? Maybe. But it's... It's Barovia. I've, uh... I've kind of given up on half the interpretations of things. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, the, the crest cards are actually like witches and they're going to eat us. They're welcome to try. I've, I've been told elf maid is very gamey. You know, I was trying to make a joke, but then I thought about Barovia and I, I kind of shuddered a bit at it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Although, if you were going to make it, then know that it's that's inaccurate for the meaning you were going for. Right, well, yeah, we should just turn it in, yeah? <laughs> Earthrendir looks enormously pleased at himself and just kind of burrows back in next to Amity. Right, yeah, good night. Huh? Amity uh, <clears throat> practically already falling asleep. Yep, good, good night. Yeah. Push me off the bed if I get if you need to, right? I, if, if you actually insist, <laughs> so. Or just tap me. I don't know. But yeah. yeah I, I think it'll be the tap, but hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah. I'll just kind of. Yeah, and as he settles down, he just wraps an arm around her and heads to bed. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, the arm wrapping is temporary. There's no way Amity's gonna fall asleep with a free arm around her, but. Uh, okay. If it's temporary, then yes. It's temporary. Okay. And with that, Amity and Erythrindir turn in to bed, uh, Irina doing the same and leaving the sack uh, below the bed. As the others turn into their own bed rolls, the fire still crackling, burning down with a slight ember glow as the darkness outside the cottage grows colder, but the warmth of the hearth still flickers in the interior of the small cottage. Outside, you can hear the wind faintly whistling through the trees, which shake and tremble as the snow whirls through the air, dancing like little eddies in the night sky. Your sleep passes peacefully, few dreams coming to you as your elven trances take you forward through the night, um, hours of silence and quiet dark. And then as Erthrandir and Kiva are beginning to come to the end of their trance, there's a sudden silence and an explosion rocks the roof of the cottage. Oh no. Oh, come on. Come on. There is a sudden moment of rushing of burning, screaming air. And suddenly for a moment, your eyes flashing open from the disturbance first. Each of you two elves, you see suddenly flaring from the roof of the thatched cottage overhead, you see 
burning, screaming faces erupting from between the thatch, poking from the straw, each one a skull, the skin pulled black, but forged a flame and ember and fire. You hear a roar, a rumble, as all around you, sparks begin to fly. The thatched roof burning up and then beginning to spread down. Black smoke begins to fill the chamber as each of you awakens, coughing, the fire burning overhead. Get out, yeah. everyone out, get out. Yeah, we're gonna start to gather our stuff. I'm gonna gather my stuff up at least and start to rush out of the uh, the exit. Yeah. Uh, is so as they make your way forward, um, the door behind you slams open and you hear um, the uh, Baron and uh, Baroness uh, coughing as Dimitri shouts hoarsely, what, what in the hell is going on? I don't know, just keep running, running, go. Listen, you feel the roar of the fire against your skin, almost burning you from a distance with its terrifying heat. You can see in some places your skin blackening and smoking like paper as Earthrendier. you make your way as quickly as possible toward the door. Earthrendir is just staring up at the ceiling, like his, mouth, his face, just a rectus of horror. He's not moving. Lillison is, is going to grab her stuff and, um, you know, trying to get as far from the from the fire as possible now. Um, she's going to hesitate, look back at Erythrindir, and then just, like, you know, abruptly just jostle his shoulder. What? Out! Now! I... Fuck. Alright, alright. He just... He blearily starts trying to gather his things and then just looks over to Amity. Hey, where... We gotta go. Wait, so Amity's actually awake and this isn't a dream sequence? Oh god. Um <laughs> not a dream sequence. Okay. You feel real burning heat on your on your shoulders from the fiercest yeah. of the inferno burning above. Amity wraps her arms around trouble, picks him up. Uh yeah. She she um uh, stop uh, drop roll. Uh she she um ducks her head and, and tries to like make her way kneeling out of the house. Uh, as you do, you hear screams and squeals from the other side, um, choking and coughing. Uh, the Baroness looks up, her face pale. The livestock. Yeah, Kiva would. Kiva's gonna wait for everyone to get out anyway. She will toss her bag to one of the people that's leaving, but she'll go through and try to get some of the animals out. Uh, Anna nods to you gratefully, and together the two of you make your way toward the door. You hear the clucking of screaming chickens, the squealing of pigs, terrified. Um, Anna quickly gestures you toward the coops, uh, uh, the latches that lock them, as she makes her way pushing through the gates of the pen and flings the door open, a cold blaze of cutting air slicing through the night. The pigs screaming as they fled out into the cemetery beyond. Yeah, Kiva's gonna try to pick up as many of the, the hens and chickens as she can and just get them outside um, as quickly as possible. You do so, rushing out into the back of the yard as the others uh, rush into the front. Um, and as you make your way out to the back, um, you you see with Anna, um, as you hear the sounds of your friend's footsteps uh, making their way out to the snow crunching in the front, you can see the faint misty cemetery before you. But where it was simply quiet before, there's something different about it now. Anna's eyes go wide and she freezes in terror as you can see that four of the graves, including the one that you saw before, have been dug up gaping empty dark holes now yawning with earth and soil you watch as Ida collapses to her knees no look you need to go out with your husband now okay at this point you're in the back of the cottage free of the fire 
Okay. Um, so she's going to tell her to just get to her husband. Um, and she has her scimitar with her, and she's just going to stand there waiting for who she knows is probably going to show up, the fucking bastard. As you do, you hear, um, well, from the other side, as the rest of you, because Kiva and the Baroness, make, as they make their way out through the back door into the cemetery behind the cottage, the rest of you rush out, choking and coughing into the space in the front. You can see the black trail of smoke uh, whirling up into the air like a black specter, a shroud that hangs over the cottage like a mark of death. And outside, you see standing there, lit in dancing scarlet light from the flickering tongues of the inferno behind you. A small army of creatures. You count more than half a dozen ghoulish silhouettes, their flesh pale, their teeth long, yellowed, and dripping with blood and faint scraps of flesh. Uh, as you watch, the mist curls in strange twists, and as you watch, stepping forth from the mist, nearly a dozen wolves, their black fur flecked with snow as their hackles rise and their yellowish fangs glint in the dark moonlight. And at the center, of this assembly, you see standing there behind three small shambling forms, Strahd. He stands there towering above the rest before the forms of um, three other individuals that stand before him. His widow's peak slicked back, his eyes glinting dark crimson in the flickering firelight of the burning cottage. As you watch, you can see the figures before him, what seems to be a teenaged boy next to a young girl, perhaps no older than nine or ten, standing beside which you see standing a, a teenage, nearly an adult woman. Um, each of them looking decrepit in some cases you see the, the the young man, the teenager, looks the best of them. He looks pale and sickly with spots across his flesh. Beside him, you see a emaciated, almost skeletal little... The, skeletal, the little girl is neoskeletal in her form. The older teenager, you can see part of the flesh across her arm crushed, the shoulder smushed and splintered, her entire body near half decayed. As you watch in her arm, she carries a small bundle, unmoving, but a small skeletal remain. You can see each of them seems to have large chunks missing from their flesh, almost large scars or bite marks where the skin and muscle has been ripped away and atop their foreheads, red smears that can only be blood as reddish tears spill from the sides of their hollow, vacant eyes. Immediately, Baron Kruskov gasps. <sighs> My... My children. What have you done to my children? Baron... Uh, Strahd uh, regards the Baron coolly for a moment from behind the three undead forms, for undead they clearly are. So this is a reunion. Excellent. And some familiar faces as well, as he regards the remainder of Hung Yu. 
you see Baron Kreskov's eyes glittering with fear and horror. Please, my children, we've done nothing to you. Please re return them. I, I bear Castle Ravenloft no ill will, I promise, I swear it. Strahd just shakes his head. Oh, I assure you, my good Baron, I am not here for Kresk. Though I would note that your home seems to be set aflame. A pity that fires tend to spread, even in snow and cold. Perhaps fetching assistance might not be terrible, but then again, I have business elsewhere to attend to. And he fixes his gaze on you. At this point, uh, Kiva and Anna, uh, you make your way around the side of the cottage, seeing this assembly of forms and figures before you, Strahd towering above them all in the faint mist wisping through the air. Strahd spreads his arms. Welcome to Kresk. It has been too long since I've seen you last. Are you enjoying your time in this quaint corner of my domain? Much less, or much more, went before seeing your ugly fucking face. <laughs> A temper. I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed that. I apologize that I didn't, that I could not spare this time to speak or deal with you properly during our previous encounter. You at least seem to have, well, Three of you seemed almost hungry to test yourselves against me the last time you met. Perhaps I shall oblige that desire tonight. You miserable fuck. Miserable? I assure you, I am exactly where I desire to be. Though perhaps you are not. Perhaps you'd be too frightened. Understandable. Many in my lands. No terror when they see it. Kiva but... cracks her neck and just says, All I see is a small man trying to hold on to whatever power he has. <laughs> is this courage? Do you, Kiva, have the courage to bore me, for broken toys are easily discarded. I promise you I'll never stop entertaining you. <laughs> then perhaps this should be an interesting evening after all. He glances aside to the wolves and ghouls beside him. There's a moment, a pause of silence. Lillison is going to step forward um, with her shoulders back uh, and her gaze lowered, um, but she takes a deep breath and says, My lord, you said that you are a busy man, and we all believe that. Your time is valuable, and I should not like to waste it bandying words. If you would state your purpose, Clearly, I am sure we would all like to hear it. Strahd smiles. Ever the diplomat, 
But my dear, you must understand that there is always a time when the time for words comes to an end and the time for action is upon us. He turns to the ghouls and the wolves and says, lead them. And as the words leave his mouth, there is a roar, a thunderclap of lightning. You watch as a black bar of electric light smashes through the air, piercing from a shadowed place underneath one of the cottages next to the barrens. A swirl of piercing bolts that cuts through the bodies of several of the wolves and ghouls, striking one of the zombies. Strahd whirls, his eyes wide. And as he does, you see stepping from the shadows from underneath the thatched roof of the adjacent cottage. Her face pale and almost wizard, uh, withered with black veins visible through her skin, but slowly returning as her face resumes its ordinary color. Through her eyes, you can see, are dark. The sclera and irises pitch black, almost like ink. As Esmeralda Davenir steps from the shadows, her fingers still crackling with tingles of electrical energy. Her hand axe drawn at her side and her rapier resting beneath the palm of her hand. As she says, You can still go. The night is still young and you may yet live. I was just telling him he reminded me of my dead ex-husband. I killed him too, you know. Esmeralda chuckles. <laughs> I knew I liked you. As for him, perhaps small man is not the worst word to use. Strahd's eyebrows raise into his forehead. At long last, a hero. I have filled graveyards with fools such as you. And of Astana, do your people turn traitor so easily? You watch as Esmeralda's brow furrows as she spits. I have sworn no oaths, and my road is mine to choose. The Vistani people are far greater than the dregs that have bound themselves to your service. I fight on my terms. Strahd's eyes darken, and then he sneers. Take them. The wolves howl, the ghouls snarl. And that is where we will end it for today. What? Hey, 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 Dragma. Well, it's Dragma. good that we're just ending it here. Yeah, and that's where we're ended. it. That's the podcast. That's the end of the campaign. That's the end of the campaign. Well, we, we're going to just tap yeah. out there. We Go out on a high note. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, Had a good time, Can't everyone. beat that, right? Wow, good thing we didn't waste our spell slots earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah, good thing we have those lay on hand still. Wow. Oh no, we definitely don't. So <laughs> exciting. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Dragon, I feel there's a perennial, but what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe someday I'll answer that question. Uh, one day. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But someday. Doesn't count as a dwelling if it's on fire. Ah. <laughs> 
Ah, that's a Wait, good strategy. It, though? Like, we could just go back inside, you know. <laughs> inside the burning building, yes. Yeah, I mean. I'm pretty sure Lilithin would, like, burn to a, to a crisp, like, the, by proximity. Yeah, great. Oh, boy. Fireball. <laughs> He's used yeah. one spell slot, everyone. Singular. We'll be fine. We'll be all right. Beautiful. Well, we'll see if you will be all right or not next week. Until then, now. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. As always, uh, we will see you back in the mists next week. Until then, burn bright in dark nights and keep your secrets close to your chest and take care. <laughs>